when you look in the Bible, there are actually two offices in a local church. One is the office of elder, the other is a deacon. The word deacon literally is diaconus. It has an idea of serve, uh, to do stuff. The word elder actually has just an idea of someone who's older. That's that's what it means. It has that idea. When you think about the elders of the church, it would be the older men in the church. Paul is uh, on his missionary journey on the way home from this third journey, and he stops at a place called Miletus, which we'll show you where it is in just a minute, and he calls for the leaders, the elders of the church at Ephesus to come over, and we're going to see that. Before we do that, let's talk about it. There are three titles or names in the Bible that are used for the elders. One is elder, one is bishop, one is pastor. And, and and if you look at it this way, elder has an idea of maturity, has an older man. They had the elders of the of the tribes of Israel, which were the older men, which were in places of leadership. In a local church, when you talk about the elders, it means a mature, older man. But and then the word bishop is another word for it. it actually, the Greek word episkopos. Now, let me just throw something out to you. The word elder in the Greek is presbyteros. Does that sound like something you might know before? Presbyterian? Presbyterian has an elder form of government. That's why they're called Presbyterians, so they have elders. Bishop means one who oversees. It's from the Greek word episkopos. You get the word episcopal from it because they have a type of government in which you have overseers. And then the word for poimain, poimain is the word for pastor. It means to shepherd. And so those three names are all interchangeable of leaders, rulers, you might say pastors or elders. They're all, they're all really the same thing. And so what we see is elders are mature men who oversee the body as they shepherd the flock. That's really what elders do. They're mature men who oversee the body and they help basically shepherd the flock. I have, I have the office of elder in our church but I also have a spiritual gift called pastor-teacher, which is the word pastor there. It could be elder-teacher. So I have the gift of pastor-teacher, elder-teacher, but I also get to be an elder and get to be the pastor of a church. So that's wonderful. And for me, it is. Uh, it may not be that wonderful for you, but it is really great for me. I love it. Uh, in First Timothy chapter 3 and Titus chapter 1, he actually gives characteristics of men who are to be in these positions. It's not qualifications, it's characteristic because it goes back to character. So as we, as we look at this, Acts chapter 20, verse 17, from Miletus, Paul, he, Paul, sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And then it goes on and says, and when they had come to him, he said to them. So we'll talk about it in just a second. Let me give you an idea. On the third missionary journey, he took off, they left, he went, and he stopped at Ephesus, and he stayed there for over two years, and then he goes all the way up and comes all the way back around, he's le- and he's got, now he's on the way home, and he comes to all these places, and he stops at Miletus right there, and he calls for the, see, it's not that far away. And he calls for them to come meet him there. He actually says in one of the places that the reason he didn't go into Ephesus, because if he went to Ephesus and stayed, he, he, he would stayed there and he wanted to get back to Jerusalem before what they call the fast, meaning before the weather got too bad. So his plan was stop briefly at Miletus, call for the elders, talk to them, and then go on back to Jerusalem. He says he was afraid that if he went on to Ephesus, he would just stay there, and then he would miss the opportunity to get back to Jerusalem. So that's what he's saying, and that's what what we see. So what did he want to meet with these elders about? 
What did he say to them? Look at this right here. From Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you yourselves know from the first day that I set foot in Asia, how I was with you the whole time. He says, you know what I was like. You know what kind of person I am. You know what responsibility he had. And basically he's saying to them, you have a responsibility as leaders in a local church. Now we said a while ago that there are two offices, elders and deacons. Our church, they're both spiritual positions. You can't be a, a deacon without being a spiritual godly man. You can't be an elder without being a spiritual godly man. So somebody would say, well, elder, that's better than a deacon. Well, they're all spiritual godly men. And if you look at the characteristics of 1 Timothy 3 and Titus chapter 1, you'll see the qualifications or characteristics of both elders and deacons. So in our church, if you're a deacon, you're a, you're a spiritual man who, who is used by God. So it, but we're talking now about just the, just the office of the elders because he calls for the elders. And here's what he does. He takes them and he says, and we're going to talk about three things. He's going to tell them, you need to guard yourselves, you need to shepherd the flock, and you need to study the word. Now, that is the key. Let's just stop right there. If you're in a position of being an elder, or if someday you say, I want to be an elder, then he says, guard yourselves, we'll talk about what that means, shepherd the flock, and study the word. Those are the big three. So let's talk about what he says about guarding yourselves. Look at Acts 20. Look at verse 28. So he's got them together and he's talking to them. And in verse 28, he says, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Let's stop right there. He says, you got to guard yourself. And literally in the Greek, it's keep on guarding yourselves. I mean, and that means protect yourself. Watch out what's going on. Those in leadership have to be careful to protect themselves because they got, they got to grow. They got to be careful. They've got to, they, you know, when you're in a place of leadership or responsibility, sometimes you get attacked, those kind of things. He says, you got to keep growing, growing in your fellowship. What can stop a person? Well, we all know sin can stop a person, but if a person is unteachable, They'll never, they might get in a place of leadership, but if, even if they get in a place of leadership, if they're not teachable, they, they won't be there very long. They won't be able to grow. They, it's just because unteachable says, I already know everything. I don't need anybody to teach me. Well, we all need everybody to teach us, everybody. And then there's the whole idea of just not accountable. And, and sometimes people, it's hard, it, it, it's hard even in our culture today and in, our, in local churches to have accountability and to help keep people on track. But those are two things that you've got to guard yourself for. One, of course, just sin as a whole, but then the idea of unteachable and not accountable. And, and what we do at, at Stillwater Bible, when we get ready to add elders or deacons or whatever we're doing, we have a seminar that we, it takes a, a night and it takes about, oh, probably two and a half hours to three hours to do. We spend the first hour and a half, then we have a little break, and then we have another about an hour and a half, and we go over the characteristics of elders and deacons and the responsibility and what, what they should do and what kind of people and all that. So it's, it's really, we, we don't take it lightly, and, and usually the elders are the older, older men. When you have younger children, it's, just, it's hard because that passage talks about children who believe or basically faithful children, and it takes a while to be able to see where all that is. So uh, elders tend to be older men who m many of them, their children are already raised and that kind of thing. But we'll talk more about that some other time. So he tells them, first of all, to guard themselves. The second thing he says, shepherd the flock. What does that mean? Because notice verse 28, be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock among whom the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. 
So the shepherd, what does this mean? This, the, the word shepherd there is the word for pastor. It's the word poimane. It's, it's, he could say pastor the flock. And so shepherd the flock, what, the, what does this, what do we do? There's two things. It's called, we call it feeding and protecting. Now you gotta be careful in this and I want you to listen carefully because a lot of times this is overlooked. But the role of the elders, the roles of the mature men, the role of a pastor is the feeding and protecting of the body. Okay, of the people in the body. So let's talk about the feeding. What is the feeding? The feeding is it's the responsibility of the pastor or the elders to teach the Bible. First Timothy 4, 2, preach the word, be ready in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. The elder has the responsibility to teach the Bible. One of, that's one of the key, and that's one of the things, my responsibility as a pastor, which is an elder, at, uh, especially up front on Sunday mornings and grow groups at classes, my role is to teach the Bible. And that way people can grow. And the Bible talks about growing the grace and knowledge of Christ and study the Word. Study to show yourself approved to God. A workman need not be ashamed handling accurately the Word of God. So we've got to do that. And then there's the whole idea of, of, of in, in the beginning, it, uh, they said they met together. They continued, uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, which was the teaching of the Word of God. So the role of an elder, whether it's me as the senior type pastor or whether any elder in our church, uh, it is to teach the Bible. That's one of the key things. The second thing, and now this is the one where it gets a little dangerous, okay? When I say dangerous, it's protecting. And what do we mean? And, and he's really warning. And, and it goes, he goes down in uh, verse basically 29, and he says, for I know that after my departure, and then he's going to talk about what's going to happen. So he basically says we protect, and there's two ways that there's protection, from without and from within, from outside the body, and from within the body. Let's talk about, and he talks about from without first. Notice what he says, verse 29. I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. The savage wolves are false teachers. There are people who come in to destroy the body. There are people who come in to, to, to hurt the people. There teach things that are wrong, that are, teach things that are different. It's, it's the idea. He says, I know after my departure, these, these false teachers may come in. And you know, we got to be careful because as a church, we, we were careful. We, we're really careful who we ever let teach. Because if you're going to teach at our church, you have to have the 412 and the 22 and then some other classes and everything else. So you have to understand what our grace message is and how we look at the Bible, how we put it together. So we don't just let anybody come in and teach. And there are people who don't believe what we believe. And there are actually false teachers who, a false teacher is a person who teaches things they know isn't correct. And they come in. I want you to see this verse. Paul says, or Peter is writing, and he says, You therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand... Be on your guard lest you get carried away by the error of unprincipled men and fall from your own steadfastness. And to fall from your steadfastness doesn't mean lose your salvation or anything like that. We know you can't do that. That means fall from, you're in a position of growing, studying, understanding, you know, and then you get taught things that are wrong and that confuse you and you quit and you fall. And that's what he's saying. And so he's saying, be careful. False teaching not only stops growth, but it pulls people away. And so one of the rules, one of the roles of, a, of an elder is to guard against false teaching. I remember talking to a guy that he went to a different church in this town. And he said that they, have, they had Sunday school classes. And he said the message of salvation in his Sunday school class was different than the message of salvation in the next Sunday school class and different from the one that was the next one. 
and different from what was from the pulpit. Now, see, we couldn't have that because if a person's going to be teaching any of these classes, they're going to have to be all together on what we believe about salvation and those kind of things. So you got a person in a church in this town that hears one message from the pulpit, another message from the Sunday school class, and another message from somebody else from another Sunday school class. Well, no wonder people are confused. So bottom line, the role of the elders is to protect the body in that way, protect the body from false teachers. Now, here's, here's the, the, the second thing, and this is the most dangerous, and that is from within. And the Bible calls it divisive people. Look what he says. In verse 29, again, I know that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you. That's the false teachers coming in from outside. Then he says, and from among your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. There are going to be people who are in local bodies who rise up and want people to follow them, and they, they, they're divisive. They, they say, you know, J.B. doesn't always talk about it, and, you know, this is what's right, or that Sunday, yeah, and that class, who taught you that? That's not really right. And before you know it, you've got people, or they'll, 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 they'll say things, and they, before you know it, they'll try to get a little group to say, this is what we think. Now, we don't agree with the rest of the church, but we, and before you know it, you've got these divisive people. It is the role of the elders to deal with divisive people. In fact, the Bible actually says remove them from your body. In fact, it says over in, I think, Thessalonians, warn them, and if they don't deal with it, if they don't, then remove them from your body because they cause, they, they destroy the body. They destroy the body. So be careful when somebody comes to you and starts saying things that are contrary to other people or are talking about other people, trying to get a little group on their own self because that happens all the time. It's happened in every church I've ever been in. I've been in, before I went to seminary, I was with this church and I was there for like seven or eight years because I was coaching, but before I went to seminary, I was there for one year. While I was in seminary, I was in another church for two years. Then over here, I was in a church for 27 years. We've been in this church for 10 years. There have been divisive people and cause problems in every church I've ever been in. Every church, including this one. So, that's the role of the elders and their role is to deal with people that cause division in the body. Notice what it says. They want to draw away disciples after them. They want people to follow them. They want to say, we know what's right. Are we doing this? Or we don't really like how they do this. See, we don't like this, so we want to do this. And, you know, and before you know it, you've got division. And so what does he say in 2 Timothy? Remove divisive people. Remove them. Sometimes they leave on their own. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes you have to tell them to leave. Because they're, they're hurting people, hurting a lot of people. And usually when they leave, they take other people with them, the people that they've raised up as their disciples, and leave. It happens every time. Listen, I, I'm just telling you the truth. It's happened in every church I've ever been in, including this one. We've been here, we've been a church, what, how long? You know, guys know? Ten years, ten years. That's amazing. Seems like it's back three years, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I love it. I love it. I haven't gotten any older. Uh, you know, and I haven't got any older at all during this whole time. Look what he said. <laughs> he says, therefore, look, be on the alert. Therefore, be on the alert. Remember that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. He said, listen, I told you over and over, these kind of things happen. False teachers will come in. Divisive people will be there. It's gonna, you've got to be ready. And that's true for us. And that's true for our body. And that's true for our elders. And you let me tell you, when we go through that, that uh, elder deacon training thing, we talk about this. And we say, here's what you've got to watch for. 
Here's what, when somebody starts coming up to you, you know, here's what some people do. You, you're an elder. You're sitting there. They'll come up and say, I want to talk to you about something. What? I don't really like this. And I've got some other people that we've been meeting together, and we don't, we don't like the way y'all do this. Really, well, you can like it somewhere else. I'm going to tell you that right now. Exactly. Right? We're not saying we won't ever improve, but we got, we'll do anything. We'll do whatever's best. But it doesn't come from division, I can tell you that. So, and here's the last thing, the third thing. He says, guard yourselves, shepherd the flock, study the word. Study the word. Look what he says in verse 32. And now I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. He says, go to the word of God. And it's the key. Grace, whoops. There we go. Grace is the key. It's the Word of God. And two things. It's able to build you up. The Word of God always edifies. The Word of God, when you study the Bible, you grow in the grace and knowledge of Christ, all of that. And it also says, gives you the inheritance. It helps you understand the eternal things and the things to come and the things that God has for you. He says, build you up and to give you the inheritance of those who are sanctified. When you live by the Scripture, you know what's going to happen? You're going to get rewarded. There's going to be that inheritance. There's two kinds of inheritance. There's inheritance that you get just because when you believe in Jesus Christ, you got an inheritance as a child of God. But then there are rewards that are, are a different kind of inheritance, which he talks about. So what does he say to these elders? Guard yourself, shepherd the flock, feeding and protecting from within and without, without within, and then study the word so you can grow and know. That's really the keys. So just we got we're going to go to the class uh, to the grow group earlier today, but here's what I want you to think about some applications, okay? First, let's have an understanding of the role of elders in the local body. People who are elders are not, they're not elders because they're somebody's friend, or they're because they're my friend. Say, I like them a lot, so I'm going to make sure they're elder. That, that really has nothing to do with it. I mean, so it, it, have, the, have the understanding of the role and how, how all this works. Their role is to what? Shepherd the flock. And there are people, and, and you know, a lot of times people, by, by the way, all of us can shepherd each other. That, that's one thing you just got to understand from Scripture. We all do that. But there are certain people that have been raised up to do that. They're be teaching the Word of God. That's really the key. And then the third thing is the protecting from false teacher and divisive people. I think this is the hardest one because a lot of people want to be in leadership in a church. They say, oh, I'd love to be in leadership in a church. But when sometimes kind of these things happen, like a false teacher or divisive people, they don't want to have to deal with it. They go, oh, I don't want to do this. I, I know, but you've been raised up in this position. So it's not an easy thing to do. So what can we do? Pray for the elders at Stillwater Bible. I think we sit, there's six of us now. We had seven, but there's six. And they're great men, great men. And let me just say this too. Our deacons, they are amazing, amazing. So we're so fortunate. We've got incredible people in leadership. God has raised up incredible people. But since we're talking about elders right now, let's pray for the elders, pray for them, that, that they'll guard themselves, they'll shepherd the body, they'll study, study the Bible and all that thing. And then the second thing is just pray that God will continue to raise up mature men to oversee the body as they shepherd the flock. And that takes a while because it can't be, can't barely be a young man, real young. I mean, because Paul actually writes and says, you know, be careful about the youth there because if you're young or a brand new believer, it's so easy to get confused. And and being a real young person, you haven't had time to see your life for a while, that kind of thing. So I'll do that. The second one is let's be aware of those that can cause problems in the body. And that is two things, false teachers and divisive people. We've been fortunate. I, 
I don't ever know of any false teacher coming into this church. I mean, I, I don't know. I can't think of a single incident where somebody tried to bring in some false teaching or something like that. I, I just don't know about it. I think because before a person can even teach or really get involved, they have to be, they have to sort of be connected and they have to gone through 412 and 22 and understand how everything fits together. The second one, that was divisive people. That can happen to anybody, anytime, anywhere. It can happen in a moment. Some person just doesn't like something. They begin to try to draw people to their side. And before you know it, you've got little click groups and conflicts and all that kind of stuff. You just can't have that in a body. You can't have, that doesn't mean somebody can't come and say, can we, you know, I, this bothers me. And I go, well, oh, okay, let's see, what, what are you talking about? It could be something we go, well, we can change that easy. But that's not what we're really talking about in divisive people. So be, beware, beware, study. And then um, be aware of those false teachers and divisive people.